Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Bob. I just wanted to take a quick moment. And um, first off, thank our regular listeners for checking in with us. I hope everybody's okay. Obviously, we really got hammered by this storm, primarily south of the greater Sarasota area, starting in Venice and then all the way down to Naples. And so I just wanted to encourage everyone, is there just one thing that you can do to help in the relief efforts? Bottled water, some canned goods, some dry goods, some clothing, I'm going to give you some organizations that you can reach out to and find out specifically what it is that they need where you can help in this relief effort. The first organization is the Community Foundation of Sarasota County. They can be reached at 941-955-3000. They're also located over there on Fruitville Road at 2635 Fruitville Road in Sarasota, Florida. Call them and see specifically what it is that they need and how they are working to help all these folks that really got hammered by the hurricane. Next organization is Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Uh, Their headquarters are in Venice, 941-486-4600. If they're not open because they did, did get a lot of flooding down there, let's try the Sarasota location again for Gulf Coast Community Foundation, 941-777-1270. Call them and see what they need. Obviously, the Salvation Army is always looking for uh, donations and help in situations such as this. They actually have three locations. Sarasota is 941-364-5557. They're over there on Tuttle Avenue. The Venice location, and again, Venice has some flooding down there. I don't know if they're open. 941-484-6227. Northport really got hammered again with flooding. I don't know if they're open, but I'll give you their phone number anyways. 941-240-5108. The Salvation Army is always very helpful in situations like this. Obviously, the American Red Cross, the Sarasota County office can be found at 941-379-9300. And I know that everybody has a heck of a lot more on their mind right now than uh, simply listening to podcasts. But we are going to do our best to maintain our regular 
release of our episodes. We could not air last week. We didn't have any internet, so I <laughs> I hope you'll forgive us for that. But uh, I think we're going to be back on task going forward, assuming that we don't have any interruptions in service. And today we have a great show lined up for you, and we just encourage you to continue to listen in. If we feel a need to update you on what's going on, we'll just continue to put these little blurbs in here before the episodes. If there's anything you would like for us to do, please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and we'll do our best again to help in this relief effort. Again, thank you so very much for being a part of our listening audience and on to today's show. For most of us, it's hard to relate to physical or emotional problems unless we've experienced them firsthand. Consider someone with a head injury or Parkinson's disease that is embarrassed to be in public because their speech or even, yes, swallowing reflex makes them stand out in a bad way. My guest today is an incredibly caring and enthusiastic speech-language pathologist who helps people with these problems get their life back. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, and I believe one key to the community is when you listen to each other's stories. It's one of the true roads to the local culture and connects us in a way that cannot be done any other way. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. I started so that you could get connected just a little bit deeper in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview a neighbor of ours who is doing great work in impacting our town in positive ways. So you'll hear from authors and artists. You'll hear from entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and others share how they chose their profession, what they're working on now, and what their plans are for the future. I'm very pleased to introduce Maggie Doniger of TranscendSpeech.com. In this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Maggie, why she became a speech-language pathologist, the types of people Maggie helps, why she created the Dysphagia Digest of Florida, and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today, as it is my hope you will listen, learn, and most importantly, connect. Maggie Doniker, owner of Transcend Speech and Swallowing Solutions, and also the founder of the Dysphagia Digest of Florida. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, Maggie, it's a pleasure to have you on, as it is all my guests. We were talking a little bit before I hit record, and I have been remiss about getting more folks in from the medical field on my podcast, and so I'm glad to have you here today. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, so here I am. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. And we're going to get into your specialty because uh, you're a medical speech and language pathologist, and we're going to get into some of the diagnosis that you do and kind of the spaces that you work in. But I always start off with my favorite question of all my guests, and that is, what's one thing that most people don't know about you? Well, the one thing that most people don't know about me is actually I played um, water polo at Ohio University, where I did my undergrad for multiple years. And I um, actually did not gain the freshman 15 based off of that. I gained 15 pounds of body mass. Because of the all oh, the muscle I developed due to treading water for so long. So that's my fun fact. <laughs> Is that right? Now, I grew up in the Ohio area, and I didn't know there was water polo there. I, I, I thought it was all baseball, basketball, and football. Nope. We snuck in a, yep, we snuck in a little bit of that water polo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I, I, I thought maybe you were a California girl when you said that, so... Well, that's interesting. Well, so, you know, what I'm curious about, um, 
you know, medical speech language, you know, pathologist, and, and you diagnose such things as dysphagia and dysthargia and cognitive communication issues. That's an interesting niche study. How did a young woman get interested in that field? Sure. So the main reason why I got interested in this field is, is that when I was going to actually Ohio University, um, I ended up studying dietetics. And unfortunately, due to the fact that organic chemistry and myself did not mix, I was actually advised by um, one of my mentors to look into a different field um, because possibly those higher level sciences were not going to be up my sleeve there. So I called my father, who's actually a physical therapist and is still actually practicing for multiple years now, and said, well, why don't you look into speech therapy? Because that has to do a lot of the times with interpersonal connections as well as eating. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Because at that time, I've never heard of a speech therapist. I took one course and I have been hooked ever since. Speech pathology, especially medical speech pathology, is such a gift and such a niche in relation to how we are really impacting a lot of people from either like the inpatient as soon as they're coming into the hospital, all the way down to actually the end of life, and um, either with adults or pediatrics. And primarily, I work with adults. So ever since that one person actually turned me to actually think a little bit more deeply about maybe what my focus was, was actually working with people and actually working with food, um, speech pathology was my path. Now, now I am curious because you say in working with food, because in my mind, I'm thinking if somebody has a disease, they have an injury, a head injury or something, and therefore it or or um, or, 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 you know, some, something else that causes them to not be able to speak clearly, not be able to swallow. How does food enter the picture? Sure. So especially when it comes into swallowing or dysphagia in general, which really is, is like a swallowing disorder involving like the oral cavity, the pharynx, and even the esophagus. Those things are actually caused by a multitude of reasons. Sometimes it says, um, Sometimes it's as dynamic as a stroke, um, and sometimes it's actually as his age over time. Sometimes our musculature, as we know, kind of shifts and changes, and that actually happens, too, to our internal organs as well, such as our pharynx and our esophagus. So, so it's not food itself. It's not like diet or something like you got to get off the Doritos and or you're mm-hmm. going to have speech problems. No, no, nothing like that. That's actually my, our counterpart as a dietitian to really help um, guide us based off of that. But for dysphagia and things, sometimes as a speech language pathologist, I help make um, decisions with the patient and their family in regards to alternative means of nutrition or manipulation of their food to help them reach their goals or to maintain their health. So for example, Sometimes, especially with individuals to whom have strokes, initially their stroke is so significant that it really impacts their ability to swallow, leading them to alter their liquid consistency from something that you and I um, could be are drinking technically right now, which is typical water, to right. where they may need to be thickened for a short period of time. So that way they are getting the hydration, getting the nutrition that they need to get them over the hump and in rehab. So that way then they can transition off of that thickened liquid. 
I think sometimes speech language pathologists get a bad rap for the fact that we just pass out thickened liquid all the time and put everybody (laughs) on pureed foods, but there's actually no wanting to do that. That's actually a really hard decision-making skill that speech language pathologists really have to make when it comes to people that we work with, because it's not our favorite to alter consistencies, but we do know that potentially sometimes in the short term, that really makes all the difference. Interesting, because I'm thinking thickened liquids are chocolate shakes and chocolate malts. Uh, does, does that qualify? Good question. So, believe it or not, there was actually a recent research study and um, a, uh, a presentation that was done actually in Ohio at their state convention that actually looked at the melting apparatus of all sorts of different con- consistencies, some of them technically melt down to what's considered now as a mildly thick, also previously known as nectar thick liquid, while others actually melt so much so that it actually goes into the thin consistency. So it's actually not just as simple as making that milkshake. Sometimes it's not thick enough because obviously once it hits your mouth, your body temperature takes over. I wish it was sometimes that simple. (laughs) Well, who knew that uh, milkshakes could be a type of therapy? So, uh, well, that, that that is pretty fascinating. Well, so, you know, how widespread are, are these problems in society? Because, you know, I think from your website, I got like things such as, you know, Parkinson's disease and uh, other types of diseases can cause these issues. How widespread, I mean, is this, you know, hundreds of thousands of people across the United States, millions or... Sure. So there was a statistical study that was actually done in 2014 that found about um, 25, one in 25 people have some level of swallowing impairment. So if it be something as intense as sometimes, especially too with our Parkinson's individuals, about 80, up to 80% of Parkinson's individuals or more can actually have a swallowing impairment at some level in the disease process. Or possibly, too, especially for our head and neck cancer patients, to which typically seem to really have a lot of swallowing or limitations in their abilities to swallow just because of either the onset of the tumor or actually even going through chemo and radiation. So it's pretty well established that it does occur. It's quite common, actually, in disease processes. But what's really tough is, is actually being able to catch it. So, for example... When it comes to individuals with head and neck cancer, for the patients to whom I've talked to, as well as the studies that I have read, it is pretty blatant that they are really having a hard time swallowing, especially in the midst of radiation, because radiation obviously does a really wonderful thing in killing the cells that are bad, but it also affects the good cells. So because of that, it's very, very common in relation to really having that issue. It's very overt. We're actually in Parkinson's. Sometimes what's really tough is, is that they don't even know that it's happening yeah. or their family members feel as though like, oh, like it's kind of happens every once in a while, but it's not too bad. Believe it or not, drooling, for example, sometimes or just poor management of secretions is a large indicator that you could actually be having a swallowing issue. And sometimes that drooling is not necessarily because of Parkinson's or head and neck, but drooling can also be sometimes due to your esophagus. Like, for example, have you ever had heartburn before? Oh, yes, I have. Okay, so you really want to make sure that you manage that because sometimes un, 
untreated heartburn or prolonged heartburn can actually lead to a swallowing issue later yep. on sometimes. Yeah. So it's really, really important to be able to really communicate to your physicians or even ask them to, hey, I want to talk to a speech language pathologist. What I do in that realm is, is that I actually help educate you. Here are some things you might want to consider. Here are some things that you could change in your diet because there are actually resources out there already established, but sometimes you just have to talk to the specialist, which is me. Yeah. And it's interesting, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I actually have had two family members that have problems in this or had problems in this area. One was my stepfather, stepfather-in-law, I guess I should say. And he went through chemo and then he had some real swallowing problems. And I can't remember what the uh, remedies were for that. I mean, he's long since passed away, but I remember that came on from chemo and he claimed that the he had cancer of the throat. He was not a smoker, but he said he had a low-level um, acid reflux, and mm-hmm. apparently that was with him for years. And you know, at least his doctor claimed that that's probably where the cancer came from. So that's interesting. The the other um, relative that I have, I have a brother-in-law that I believe his esophagus was actually stretched because food kept getting stuck, and he was he's a young guy when it happened. Is is that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does make sense. And I think something too that I do want to be pretty precautionary about is that some of this information on here that we're sharing does not mean that it needs to be like an alertive status. So please take these things into consideration. And what's great is, is that you can talk to your doctor about it. So if you're having some concerns, please just talk to your doctor. It doesn't mean that you have dysphagia and somebody's going to put you on thickened liquids. Hopefully what this does is, is that this helps you just be like, oh, you know what? This has been bothering me for a while. I'm going to talk to my doctor about it and see what happens from there. With your um, family member, especially too with the narrowing of the esophagus, it does happen. Why? Multiple different reasons. Sometimes it has to do with just actually your anatomy in relation to those things. Sometimes it also is a defensive mechanism that your body does because of the reflux is it's trying to protect itself. So sometimes you can get narrowing from there. Or sometimes you can actually get even esophageal webs in relation to those things. So it's a whole bunch of different things. And what's great is is that GI doctors are really helpful also to the esophagus. They are also the physician specialists that sometimes refer um, individuals to whom may have those limitations to a speech language pathologist to do rehabilitation and continued education. And I'm sure just a little bit of a balloon opening could probably be a super help for them. Interesting, interesting. So, so how does a how does someone come to you? Is it through their doctor, and then the doctor refers them to you, or is that vice versa, or both ways? You know what's really wonderful is is that it kind of works both ways. My practice specifically too, I take private um, private pay clients to whom just want some maybe some education, maybe need a tweak here and there based off of their communication, like an accent modification or sometimes just some articulation kinds of things, or especially too, if you have Medicare, for example, or sometimes specialty insurances or just private insurances, you do a need technically or a referral to come to me. Or what's great is, is that you can come to me and then I can say, hey, you're going to need a referral from your doctor. And that's why I'm passionate about what I do because I'm not the only person. There's, I'm a specialist in this area for sure, but I work collectively within a medical team. 
Interesting. So, so do you work with people one-on-one, say, in an office setting or so much as telehealth anymore, particularly with the pandemic? What does that look like? Sure. So what's really unique about my practices is that I'm mobile, which means I come to you. So for example, if you had an issue and so forth, and you wanted me to come see you either at the studio or something like that, or in your home or something, I'd be more than happy to just pop over. I do run some spaces sometimes, or I've had some opportunities to meet people at their workplace in regards to treatment to really utilize strategies or to um, develop more of an understanding of what they're looking for or what they need. I do do teletherapy at times and so forth as well. And then um, mostly it's one-on-one. I don't do any sort of group kind of settings, but because of the um, Dysphagia Digest of Florida, that's kind of where I'm actually able to connect people in a group-like setting, but that's not treatment. It's actually more of just an educational forum. Well, let's talk a little bit about the digest that you started and why it's important for people with these problems to be in a group setting. Sure. So the Dysphagia Digest of Florida was actually developed because I had a patient um, who I was actually working PRN at one of the local hospitals. And the patient actually asked me point blank, I want to talk to somebody who's experiencing the same thing that I am. And I said, of course, absolutely. Remember, being a, like, I'm not from Florida. I'm from Ohio originally. Right, right. So when I first met this individual, I was brand new. And I said, of course, we're going to find you all sorts of stuff. Not so much. Um, yeah. There was no support group in relation to dysphagia, not locally. Really meeting people like, I, you're my neighbor. Like, I can relate to you. So what I did was is that I started a support group. So the support group, I try to be kind of cautious in relation to support group because support groups get kind of negative connotations because people are like, whoa, I don't want to talk about my feelings. And it's like, well, it's not actually about feelings. It's more of a workshop that engages patients and caregivers actually too with an upbeat, informative, supportive exchange of their experiences, their knowledge, knowledge of actually experts in the area. We've had individuals to whom um, sell products that really affect um, dysphagia. We've had individuals actually provide education. So that way, when they go into a procedure, that expert's actually there and they're already prepared to go in. And this helpful information really empowers actually the individual or even the family member who may be experiencing swallowing disorders and dysphagia to be able to advocate for themselves or again, to with just like this podcast does that you have created, it really connects people to understanding what's around the area and empowers them to reach out. So that's really what the Dysphagia Digest of Florida does. That's very cool. And how often do you all meet? Sure. So this, like, I, the what's great is, is that this group meets once a month and only meets once a month because the people that come that are either local or because I'm actually the only swallowing support group in the entire state of Florida. I'm actually reaching a lot of people in the state of Florida, across, north, south, you name it. And we've had such an opportunity to make such an impact for the locals here that we've had other people even within the U.S. come and learn about this group in order to start their own so we just seem to meet once a month because that's just what works with my with the people that show up. You know, it, it, it 
never ceases to amaze me the people that want to get together over whatever issue that they are faced with. Back on episode number 48, I had a fellow on, his name's Kyle McCrete, and he was a real-life ninja warrior. He was on TV. I don't know if you've seen that on TV. I work with him. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. I do. All right. Well, hi, Kyle. <laughs> hi, Kyle. <laughs> well, but but anyways, what, what was amazing about what Kyle did is – you know, and he he tells everything on his on the episode. He went through a bad divorce. He was depressed and whatnot, and took up this ninja warrior, you know, swinging through the air and all this, this sort of stuff. These these specialized gems, and ended up on TV. But he also got a three legged dog. And I kind yes. of under under my breath, I'm kind of laughing about it. But this guy, he took the dog, and now he uses it as a therapy dog for children and other folks that have lost a limb and it's absolutely fascinating because I, when he was in the semifinals at the, um, I guess he went, I, I forget whether it was California or out in Las Vegas, but he was in the finals. And so he invited a bunch of his friends. I just recently had him on the podcast. So he invited a bunch of his friends and me, you know, over to a local uh, sports bar and we watched the session and Many of the folks that came there were veterans and other folks that had lost a limb. And it was all because he used this uh, dog. I think the dog's name is Trey. Uses Trey as really just kind of as a therapy dog. But it just really fascinates me what people will round, you know, rally around. And you provided quite a platform for this area, which I had no idea existed. Yeah, it really has been an impact. I know most recently, too, within our last session, we did have somebody um, come and they just really wanted to talk exactly with people to whom have already gone through it. And what's really wonderful about this group is, is that it is an absolute blessing to watch the people to whom come to the workshops empower others being able to really tell them like, Hey, like you're not alone. We've been through something like this. Here are some resources to consider. And it's very, very nice because they have also learned and evolved from months of coming to the group. I know that um, the individual to whom I've started the support group for, it um, brings me to tears actually to see that individual empower others because that person was in such a dark place when I first started the workshops for him. And, and that, that dark place comes as a result of they've just lost a certain ability to communicate or a certain, um, you, know, I, you know, just living their lives normally. I mean, what typically is the emotional aspect of that? Sure. So dysphagia in general, sometimes we kind of click on to the health issues that are sometimes evolved, like pneumonia or dehydration or poor nutrition or just the inability to get food down or actually not even able to swallow pills. Some people actually have dysphagia. It's called pill dysphagia, which Mm -hmm. means they can't swallow their medications. But something else that can sometimes be overlooked is actually the disinterest in wanting to put themselves in a situation where they may cough the whole time when Mm -hmm. they eat, especially Mm -hmm. with COVID. Everybody freaks out still sometimes when somebody coughs, right? Sure. Sometimes you're coughing because they're choking on something or actually they have reduced enjoyment with eating because it may be such a struggle or they can't taste it or they're embarrassed. 
That's, know, I don't that's the thing that point, occurred to me. Yeah. Yes, that's the thing that occurred to me. It's like it, is being in a social setting and you don't want to talk because you're going to sound funny or you just don't feel right. Or you just don't want to swallow either yeah. because you never know if things can get lodged. Or sometimes you are isolated or sometimes even it costs a lot. You know, let's go back to the idea that I was telling you about in regards to sometimes people have to thicken their liquids. It is very very expensive. So for example, if you were to do this while listening to this Google, uh, or to this podcast, rather Google, there you go, Google, um, thickener and see how expensive it is. Or the Mm. next time you walk into Walmart or CVS, ask them where their thickened liquids are or their thickening agents are and see how expensive that is. Really? Multiply that. Yep. Multiply that by how many ounces you should be drinking per day. And the cost, especially on a fixed income, is very, very intense. Really? How about chia seeds? I use chia seeds as a thickener. Right. So there's actually been some research in regards to some of those things to which you don't want to run out and do chia seeds if you need swallowing things. There's xanthan gum, which actually helps yep. in regards to that. So what's great is, is actually too, um, there is a nonprofit organization that's out there to whom I had the pleasure of actually being the director of operations for two years called the Dysphagia Outreach Project. This 503C nonprofit organization Um, really actually helps individuals get the thickener or get the dysphagia items that they need. And what's great about that is, is that it also reaches pediatrics. So for those people that may not know about this locally, is that there are a lot of great organizations such as the Dysphagia Digest of Florida, but as well as a Dysphagia Outreach Project to really help meet those people where they need it. My group that I have here locally right here in Sarasota is to help connect people, provide education, and just allow them to kind of move through what they need to in relation to their dysphagia. And the Dysphagia Outreach Project really provides them with a lot of materialistic kinds of things as well as education as well. Materialistic, meaning like the thickener and like divided plates or therapeutic materials sometimes and so forth. Interesting. Interesting. Well, so um, if someone wants to find out more about the services that you offer, where do they go besides Transcend Speech? I think, I mean, you have your website. That's a good place to go. But who, who should reach out to you? Sure. So individuals to whom are actually going through head and neck cancer. Um, individuals with Parkinson's disease, people to whom have like a constant globus sensation or even having foods or liquids kind of come out of the nasal cavity or individuals that have pain with swallowing, sometimes even vocal changes I'm, I'm happy to help with and, um, people to whom just really need, uh, some good education based off of really what they're going through when it comes to either swallowing or communications or even um, their disease process. I'm here because sometimes you do run into a speech language pathologist along the way, or for sure the dysphagia digest of Florida is here for them. And that's um, dysphagia digest.com. Well, Maggie, uh, we just delved into a topic I knew nothing about, and I do find it fascinating. I just didn't realize how widespread it was and and kind of the the social and mental impact that it causes on people when they have a physical speech impediment due to one of the diseases that may cause it. 
I appreciate you being on my show. And just for our listeners, if you want to know more again about Maggie and what she provides is transcendspeech.com. And let's see, can we give you a, what's our phone number here? Someone wants to give you a call. It sure. Is. Go ahead. Yep. 941-777-0876. Like any good speech path, I'm going to repeat it. 941-777-0876. Well, Maggie, once again, thank you so much for being on the Sarasota Stories podcast. And uh, everyone, thank you for listening into this episode. And Maggie, we look to have you back in the future. Oh, thanks so much, Bob. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sarasota. Bye-bye, Sarasota. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Oh,